Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the house of the shepherd and bishop of our souls, Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. This is Fred Alexander Oyola, the pastor here at Nairobi Chapel. Mbakasi, and I'm glad, man. I'm glad you're here to listen to us. Eh, one more time. <laughs> Karibuni sana. My prayer for us is that the Lord bless you today, this year, wherever you are, and bless you to immense fruitfulness. May you be fruitful even despite the craziness that is around us today. We will start with some quick announcements. We are still on our Bible reading plan. We began on the 11th of January. We are now on First Kings, believe it or not. And uh, when you're listening to this, I don't know what when you'll be listening to it. I hope it will be today, Monday. Today, every Monday, or not every Monday, but every Monday after we finish reading a book, we have a Bible study Zoom hangout. And so you're welcome. Karibu sana. And uh, the next one is uh, the 19th of April. And so if you're listening to it on the 19th, 19th of April, uh, we'll, be doing on, we'll be doing one on the, book of the, on the book of 2 Samuel. My words there were kind of going away from me. 2 Samuel. We just finished reading that last week. And so um, join us. 8 p.m. Mondays after finishing the book. That is what we'll be doing. Karibu sana again. This is Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We are on a new sermon series. We've simply called it The Family this month of April. Um, the tagline for it is we believe that the next generation is in trouble. And so God has mandated us to speak on what he believes the trouble areas are. We began by looking at the genesis of the family through the lens of Genesis 1 and 2. We looked at the Kenyan dream and how dangerous it is, especially with how it puts us on the hedonic treadmill where we simply attain without any real purpose. I hope you are not on one. And if you are, may the Lord bless you to come out of it because it is an endless pursuit to nothingness. We finished by saying that what God commanded about subduing the earth still applies today as we live in this very materialistic world where stuff like the Kenyan dream still rule. Last week we looked at fatherhood, powerful stuff. We started by looking at some reasons why just the mention of the title brings so much issues in our times today. Fatherhood just brings a lot of sadness, a lot of heart in many. Many of our homes are broken. But we looked at biblical examples of some bad and good fathers and then reminded each other very strongly that despite the bad rep it has gained today, fatherhood was designed by God and it is still good. We finished by looking at the qualities of a father, of priest, protector, provider, and prophet, and declare that underneath each is the principle of presence that must be forever carried out as we carry out each task in fatherhood. This, we said, is because God's best quality as our father is that he is present, and as such we must emulate him despite the busyness of the times. Please check out our other messages on Anchor FM. All have been posted there. Not just this month's messages, but every other message that we've ever had at Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. May the Lord bless you. Today we want to look into motherhood. And so let's go to the book of Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15. 
It says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this time to get into your word. King of kings and Lord of lords, may our hearts be forever ready for your word. May it be good ground. May the enemy not have a foothold against your word for our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You know, unlike fatherhood, motherhood brings a lot of joy when talked about in our society. Ask anyone about their mother and whether alive or dead, most of us have very fond memories. My goodness, my mother was the first point of contact in my life for nine months. As newborns, we all felt attachment from the moment we were born. During our time in the womb, we heard, we felt, and we even smelled our mother. So it is not hard to believe that you're attached to them right from birth. The one thing we said last week, there is something a father must grow in, presence, isn't a struggle with the mother. She's been present from birth. Somebody once said the word mother is one of the most beautiful words on the lips of mankind. Oh, mother, mom. Just look at Mother's Day versus Father's Day. Full stop. <laughs> with all that said, there's a major change that is happening in our times today. Most of our mothers from back in the day got married and started having babies while still very young, even as early as teenage. Today's mothers, on the other hand, are almost in their 30s or 40s with their first baby. Number two, most of our mothers back in the day got quite a few children, while today's mother generally doesn't have as many. I have a friend. I found out the other day that a friend of mine is number eight in a family of 11. I was like, most of our mothers back in the day never worked outside the home. The percentage was very small. Today's mothers make up almost 50% of the labor force in our country. That should speak for itself. This then means that with the mother out of the home and now fully in the workforce, still mothering though, motherhood, I dare say, is obviously affected. Just like the father, the mother is missing. In one way or another. I do understand I'm a man and a father and not and never will be a woman or a mother. <laughs> but being someone God has called to speak to his church and specifically in the area of Mbakasi here in Nairobi Chapel. I believe he has sent me to speak a word or two to our mothers. I just finished reading a book, Mom Enough, by eight women who were put together by Desiring God, a godly platform. For believers under the minister John Piper, and I have stolen a lot of today's stuff from there. Get over it. Preachers are thieves. We steal a lot of other material. I have done that this week. Here goes. On May 21st, 2012, Time magazine ran an issue with the cover photo of a 26-year-old mother, Jemeline Grumet. Mm, my French is... Eh? She's, a breastfe she's breastfeeding a three-year-old son who is standing on a stool. The cover has a question, are you mom enough? Hey, that question, man. 
With the demands of our times today on mothers and the workforce full of the very same mothers, the question for them, unlike in fatherhood, which tends to bend towards being a good or bad father, then becomes, can you mother enough? What's your, what's your answer? I, 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 are you a, a, a mother enough? Are you mom enough? Hey, that's, that's a question and a half. For this issue of time from television, from Facebook, Blogs from Pinterest, the message screamed at moms today is this. Unless you're fit, breastfeed into preschool years, own a spotless and a creatively decorated home, prepare three home-baked meals per day. Mm. Three home-cooked meals per day at baked meals. Work a high-powered job and give your husband expert sensual massages. Come on, before bed. You are not mom enough. Hey, hey. The problem with this question is, like the writers say, it sparked off a war in motherhood and highlighted what has been there already. Mommy wars. Hey, I didn't even know there was something called mommy wars. Hey, hey. Mommy wars have raged for more than 20 years, believe it or not. The term was coined in the late 80s by Child Magazine to describe the tension that existed between working and stay-at-home mothers. Since then, numerous books and articles have been published about the so-called mummy wars, feeding the talk show circuit and fueling blogosphere brush fires. Mummy wars. Imagine. Stay-at-home moms, working moms. But once the question raised by Time magazine, we must go to God's word and ask another question. Is motherhood from God or from the world? For us to begin to pit ourselves against the position as to whether we can do it sufficiently. Where did motherhood come from? Did the world give it? Is it an institution given by the earth? Or is it God's institution? Is Time magazine supposed to give us definitions for it? Is Facebook, is social media the place you're supposed to get the definition of these positions that we find ourselves in? Or is it God? In Mark chapter 12, the Pharisee and the Herodians tried to catch Jesus in his words by asking him whether it was lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not. Jesus, obviously seeing the hypocrisy, asked them whose face is on the money, and they answer by telling him Caesar's. He then says to them to give to Caesar what belongs to him and to give to God what belongs to God. He is directly saying that not everything that man institutes needs to be followed. He is telling them that not everything that man institutes is the mandate from God. He is saying whatever man has made to be law has its origin mostly from man, but it is still to be followed. But whatever has its origin from God must always be looked at from God's perspective. Motherhood isn't a task to be checked on like laundry. It is a calling. The world says different, but motherhood must always remain in the place of a calling. Our first command from the Bible, the word of God, is in Genesis 1.28. God blessed them and said to them, the writer says, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and ev over every living creature that moves on the ground. 
we then see that the first mention of mother at Genesis 3 chapter 20, where the Bible tells us that Adam named his wife Eve because she will become the mother of all living. God is giving us a description of the institution. From the command and the verse after Eve's existence, our roles as fathers and mothers come forth. The Bible continues to show us where the mother can find her definition. Deuteronomy 32, 11 and 12 tells us, Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft, the Lord alone led him. No foreign god was with him. That is Jehovah, speaking of the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy 32, verse 18, You deserted the rock who fathered you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. That is God speaking to the nation of Israel. Isaiah 66, 13, As a mother comforts a child, so I will comfort you, and you'll be comforted over Jerusalem. God is still speaking. Luke 13, 34, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus speaking. You who killed the prophets and stole those who send, those sent to you. How often have I longed to gather your children together? As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you are not willing. These verses point us to um, uh, these verses, sorry, point us emphatically that God, point to us emphatically that God from who we fathers learn fatherhood is also the one from who we can learn the calling of drum rolls, please. Motherhood. <laughs> these verses point to us emphatically that God from who we, we learn fatherhood is also the one from whom we can learn the calling of motherhood. He's not only our father who art in heaven, but our mother who birthed us into being and consistently comforts, nurtures, gathers, and guides us. Now, because God has given us a picture of motherhood, we cannot then continue to look at it as a task to be checked off like the world is forcing us to. The more we check it off, the more we'll continue to have mommy wars, simply because we are now pitting ourselves against each other. With war, there must be the victor and the defeated. That is standard. Every war has winners and losers. Basically, the more we make it a task, the more our flesh is heightened and advancing in one, pride. Mothers are saying, I am better because I do this and they don't. After pride comes competition number two. Mothers are saying my children are better because they do this and, I, and, and others don't. From pride is competition. After competition is self-condemnation number three. I am not enough because I am not able to do what the others can do. You know, the more you compete with others, the more you get to a place where you find others better than yourself. Then you're defeated. The more they defeat, the more you condemn yourself. So it is pride, then competition, then self-condemnation. And linger in self-condemnation long enough and you come out with self-gratitude and fulfillment. Where now all of a sudden you're like, enough is enough. I want the freedom feeling of enough. So let me do what me wants to do when I want to do, who I want to do it with, whichever time I want to do it. Pride, competition, self-condemnation, self-gratitude and fulfillment. 
All this lead to despair, number five. I lose all sense of joy or hope for the future and wallow in worry, which we nowadays call stress. Worry is a nice thing. We've put it almost like something that is nice to have. You're worried, but you're saying, ah, the stress of our times. Our nation, our world today is the most stressed generation in a very long time. I dare say it is not stress, really. It is worry that we are giving a different name. Motherhood, guys, is a wonderful opportunity to follow God and live out the gospel. Motherhood provides us with an opportunity to lay down the things that we cannot keep on behalf of the souls that we cannot lose. They are eternal souls. They are our children. They are our mission field. The gospel of Christ holds no place for pride, comparison, competition, self-condemnation, self-gratitude, of fulfillment, despair, and worry. Worry not, Christ says, because how will it even increase the height of your life, the height of who you are? It can't. We are all equally in need of grace, and we all equally receive it as a gift from God. In regards to mothering, the gospel clearly applies. One, none of us will ever be mom enough. None of you will ever be mom enough. Never. Number two, through Christ alone, God offers grace in mothering. He takes your meager efforts and produces spiritual fruit in you and in your children. He is enough. The war isn't about mothers being mom enough. This war is about God being God enough. So the only way to be mom enough is when you add a mom who is never enough to God who is infinitely enough, which equals mom enough. This is God's mathematics of grace. That is the only way we'll ever be enough. Allow me to read a portion from the book I just read, Mom Enough. Allow me to read this. Mothers, it's time to turn away from the chorus of the so-called good voices on the internet and so-called good books on the shelves, and to focus on the only voice that matters, the quiet whisper of the Holy Spirit in the pages of Scripture. This way we'll win this war. Motherhood is not the boring and inconsequential task that the world has made it out to be. It is a calling of being the headwaters of missions. Motherhood is giving up yourself as taught in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is mortifying yourself. It is running to the cross the arms of death and laying down your motherhood hopes, laying down your future, laying down your petty annoyances, laying down your desire to be recognized, laying down your fussiness at your children, laying down your perfectly clean house, laying down your grievances about the life you are living, laying down the imaginary life you could have by yourself, laying them all down. That is motherhood. But you must also remember that death to yourself is not the end of the story. We of all people ought to know what follows death. The Christian life is a resurrection life. A life that cannot be contained by death. A life only possible when you have been to the cross and back. We must always remember that the world hates and has always hated the smell of that sacrifice. Because it is a smell of grace. At the very heart of the gospel is sacrifice. And there is perhaps no occupation in the world so intrinsically sacrificial 
as motherhood. We must continue to know that as we continue to put motherhood as a task that needs to be ticked off, our young daughters, our young girls, our young women looking up to us will continue to drown deep in the abortion industry through selfishness. They will continue to see motherhood as a hindrance to their freedom and their big dreams of having a career and being slim in their bikinis. They will see children as interruptions to life. They will never see motherhood as a calling from God to sacrifice and children as a gift from God to be shaped into godly offspring. With God's help, you can be a valiant woman who wields God's word in the fight against feminism, against traditionalism, and against the cultural pressures every mother must face today. What a statement, a group of statements from the book. I hope that is a blessing to each one of us listening today. Motherhood is from God. And may we not allow the world, Time magazine, the books on the shelves, our friends who do not even know Christ, to advise us or give us definitions of the 21st century mom. Let's fight this fight of faith. Mothers, choose today who you will serve. Will it be the gods and the advice of this world? Or will it be the word of God? Choose today, mothers, to take motherhood as a calling from God to sacrifice. Hallelujah.